Welcome to another episode of the Chokesland Wrestling Report. I am your host, the one and only, the ultimate one from New York City. And today, we're doing the AEW Dynamite review from last night. But before we start that, I want to thank all my subscribers and people who have checked the website. The very, very impressive website that I have now. Uh, if you guys are interested... You can go to tcwr.veryinkpressive.com. Again, that's tcwr.veryinkpressive.com. You guys can get the Chokeslam Wrestling Report shirt plus the baseball cap that they got there. So Google check it out. Also, guys, if you want to uh, follow me in social media, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, you can find my YouTube channel at the Chokesland Wrestling Report. So, guys, you know, I'm everywhere now. So, little by little, this podcast is getting the attention that I've been trying to do for the past maybe a year and a half already. And, um, you know, and I want to thank all my listeners, my followers, my supporters. You know what I'm saying? I got big, big things planned for this year with the podcast. Um, and, you know, sometimes in life... You have to really make moves that is going to benefit you and only you. Because sometimes when you either team up or you get together with someone, you know, not all the time, but most of the time they might damage your brand. Um, and sometimes other people don't have the, the, uh, the same view as you as to, um, you know, push up a brand and whatnot but i want to thank all my supporters you know and i appreciate it you know i already got 95 subscribers to my youtube channel we're trying to get to 100 so if you guys haven't got to my youtube channel go check it out i did the uh, wrestle kingdom review uh i think about a week ago check it out um it's a it's a good review i mean if you have if you're not a new japan pro wrestling fan after you see this review you'll probably change your mind so Let's talk about now about the AEW Dynamite review from last night. And the show was the, what we call the New Year Smash Night 2. And it started off with Eddie Kingston versus Pac. Uh, this is a match, and I give you my feedback on the match. I mean, of course, Pac came out aggressively, but he meant, but during the match, he made a mistake. With something I've, I, I didn't understand why he hesitated to keep punishing Eddie uh, Kingston. Bunny, of course, decided to dig her nails in his face and at the outside of the ring. Uh, he, of course, Eddie Kingston was accompanied by Butcher and the Blade. Pac was accompanied by the other two members of the Death Triangle, Pentagon and Phoenix. Uh, this match was uh, was pretty good. Kept going back and forth, but during the match, I noticed that Eddie Kingston kept uh, holding his left hand, like his wrist, like he hurt his wrist, and he kept um, he kept shaking it, 
Like, I don't know if he got hurt during the match or he felt a sting on his shoulder. I know Pac hit him with a PK in his chest, a couple of them, that I was like, wow. Uh, Eddie then um, pretty much uh, was on the offense, but he couldn't follow up because you could see during the match, he kept shaking his left hand. Uh, Superplex by Pac kind of rattled him even more. I mean, he held his lower back real quick on that. Uh, Pac only got a two count on that. Eddie tried to do, again, uh, uh, some type of offense, and he hit uh, um, Pac with a clothesline. Then he went for a two count. And then I don't know where uh, uh, Pac hit the black arrow for the win. And then he, then after that, he went and grabbed Eddie Kinson after pinning him with the black arrow, put him in the brutalizer for a minute. And then Butch and the Blade came in. So did uh, Ray Phoenix and um, Pentagon. And then I don't know where Lance Archer comes out. And Lance Archer comes going after Eddie Kingston. So he still wants Eddie Kingston. He goes face-to-face with uh, Pac. Do not be surprised if you see a match between Lance Archer and Pac because these guys are so, so uh, obsessed if getting Eddie Kingston in this match. Now, again, like I said, during the match, I don't know if Eddie Kingston got hurt. Um, he uh, looked like he was shaking his left hand. I don't know if he got a stinger or whatever, but we will find out probably during the week if he did or not. Um, so we'll find out. I mean, Eddie Kingston, I mean, this whole storyline between Butcher the Blade and Eddie Kingston against uh, Triangle Dev and then and Lance Archer involved. Again, I keep saying that most likely... Uh, David Boy Smith may join them, and I'm gonna tell you why. In, in the after I go through the whole, uh, through the whole review, because there's words that that, that uh, David Boy Smith is uh, interesting in joining AEW. He's been calling somebody as of late, so something people should be on the lookout. The next match was Chuck Taylor versus Miro. This is, I believe this is going to be a long storyline. And here's the reason why I say that. Uh, as you know, Trent um, is going to be out for four to five months with a, a, a pectoral injury. Uh, these group, the best friends, and Merrill and Kip Sabian has been going at each other's throat for the last two months. They have not had a match with, with all of them together. So... The last time we saw, we saw Trent being wheeled out in a stretcher in an ambulance. But well, that's pretty much part of the storyline because he has a pectoral injury. Um, according to what I read online, he doesn't need a surgery. So he's probably got an injury that may be a, probably a, 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 you know, a stretch muscle, whatever the case may be. So he's going to be out four to five months. This leaves now pretty much Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy as the only guys to go after Miro and Kip Sabian. But this match between Chuck Taylor versus Miro, you know, it's funny because Dynamite didn't really, really promote it like that. It was supposed to be if Chuck Taylor loses to Miro, he becomes Miro's butler, you know? And I said it last week, they mentioned something about being a young lion, like what they do in New Japan. Like, you got to go and watch this. Young lions in Japan watches the veterans' clothes, the shoes, all everything. They clean everything. So, Taylor started the match by attacking Miro, which was a smart move because Miro is one guy you want to jump on him very quickly. He took advantage of him outside. He threw him all over the ring. He crashed him against the railing. 
But during the match where um, uh, Taylor was had the advantage, Sabian gets involved and he takes out Orange Cassidy. And this was a bad move because then, well, not a good move, and it was uh, well, a bad move from Taylor because then he just got distracted and paid attention to what was happening to Orange Cassidy outside. And that's when Miro took control of the match as he overpowered Chuck Taylor. And he overpowered him so quick, and then Miro ended up putting him in what used to be the accolades. Now it's called game over for the win. And now Taylor is his butler. I want to see where this story goes because now I could see now like Orange Cassidy being the hero or trying to save uh, Chuck Taylor from being a butler, which is going to be interesting. But, you know, now you can tell Orange Cassidy's face last night. He was like, oh, my God, what what is happening? What I have to do to save him? But this is going to be a long story. It's not a, a, a storyline where it's probably you're going to – most fans are going to be invested because probably they might not say, well, we don't care. Um, I still think Merrill should be by himself wrestling. He should be nowhere, nowhere near Cape Sabian. Cape Sabian should be in wrestling on his own. But remember, they before um, before Revolution, they have this, uh, uh, not paper before, uh, an event called uh, Beach, uh, Beach Blast, something, I don't know. I forgot the name of it. Um, Beach breaks, I think it is called. So they're trying to set up. Um, they're trying to set up um, matches for that, <coughs> which is good because you got to set up. You know, you got almost two months worth, and I think Revolution is toward the ending of the month of February. So you got to build something in order to make it interesting. So I mean, but this storyline between Chuck. Taylor and Trent against Miro and Sabian. This is not something that I don't think, unless they do something that's going to make you invest your time on it, it's not something that I'm like, I'm really looking forward to see what happens later. So, you know, it, it's cool. Now, they went into the um, private party with Matt Hardy, and the Matt Hardy's, this storyline is getting crazy because now it's if you guys been following the elite, you notice that in the elite, they keep they keep saying that Matt Hardy is trying to play private party. They made him sign a contract. Now, supposedly Matt Hardy is the manager. He wanted thirty percent of their winnings, their earnings, and now they carried it over in Dynamite. And pretty much in Dynamite, it was like Matt Hardy was saying that, um, you know, um. He's the manager, and he gets 30%. But you can tell Mark Quinn is not happy about that, and that leads to Isaiah Cassidy um, pretty much um, agreeing with his partner. Now, my question is, let's say if Matt Hardy does decide to turn on private party, will he take one of them out and then probably Mark Quinn? I see Mark Quinn probably the most – the guy, I think he's the stronger guy in the team. Go at it with Matt Hardy, which will be a nice match. Even though Matt Hardy is is up there in age, but I think he still could give a good match. Um, Money Matt Hardy is is. I mean, I like this little storyline that he's doing because, I mean, even though he was doing the Broken Hardy, but there's no fans. There's really no fans out there who. Uh, well, now there's fans in the Daily Place, but there's not really no fans out there who pretty much is going to be out there. 
doing what they want to do. So, you know, it's, it's crazy. So we'll see. We'll be right back after this. Today's episode of the Chokesland Wrestling Report is brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is the world's largest collection of official fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. If you enjoy our show and are looking to buy a new jersey, sweatshirts, or hats, you can support us by going to potgo.co slash fanatics and getting 25% off your next order. That's pot.co slash fanatics. Fanatics. The officially licensed everything. And we're back, guys. So, again, guys, you know, um, don't forget to go and check out my website. Again, tcwr.veryimpressive.com. Check it out. You know what I'm saying? You guys won't be disappointed. I have shirts in there, uh, baseball caps in there. So, guys, go check that out. And continuing on with the AEW Dynamite show um this was a very interesting promo last night it was the inner circle revealing their new year's resolution and pretty much it looks like the uh, uh the inner circle is about to implode within because now during this whole uh meeting they were talking about tag team before the sammy guevara pretty much called a uh Called Chris Jericho a tag team whore, which it was very, it was very funny because, uh, you know, he was talking about first we were the sexy gods, and now you teaming up with Hager, then you teaming up with MJF. So pretty much now next week, the inner circle is gonna have supposedly an exhibition three-way exhibition match. It's gonna be Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager versus Chris Jericho, MJF, and Santana and Ortiz. Now. With that being said, I've been advocating since maybe the beginning of last year of having Santana Ortiz leave the inner circle for the simple fact I don't see them being pushed like the way they were being pushed in the Indies and in Impact Wrestling. We're talking about these guys were holding multiple tag team titles when they were out in the Indies. They had uh, the Impact World Tag Team Champions. They had the House of Glory Tag Team Champions. They were the AAW Tag Team Champions. They had belts all over the place. Everywhere they went, they were tag team champions. 2019, they were the hottest free agent in the industry. Okay? People were scared that they would land in WWE. And WWE wanted them. But they chose to show up at AEW's All Out in 2019 in the match between uh, the Young Bucks and um, the Lucha Bros. And ever since that, I think they had some great matches with the Young Bucks. But ever since that, they really haven't done anything big besides the parking lot, bro, they have with best friends. And I feel that Inner Circle has um, pretty much held them back. Many may not agree with me. Because maybe they're thinking that, you know, because it's long story-wise, and which is true. I mean, because AEW is long story. Um, they, 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 they try to do long-term stories. But while those is long-term stories and they're playing these long-term stories on them, then you already, to, other taxis are in there. You're talking about top flight. You're talking about the um, 
their claim, even though I'm not too crazy about their claim. They're not that good. Uh, you got the best friends. You got the Young Bucks. Uh, you got Dark Order. You have, uh, uh, again, best friend. You got a private party. You have, you know, you got a bunch of attack teams in there. But I think, if anything, they should have them there as the top three tag teams. The Young Bucks, uh, Lucha Brothers, and Santana Ortiz. Those are the top three tag teams in there. Because now Kenny Omega and Adam Page are not a tag team anymore. So that's one less tag team in there. And really, they replaced that tag team with uh, the Varsity Blondes, really. Uh, who was it for Top Flight? I give them that credit. The TH2, I think they they are underrated. They're not pushing them away with that with that talent that Jack Evans and Angelico is. You should be pushing these guys. You shouldn't be having them lose matches. Then you have, um, what was in there? Top Flight, like I said. But this, I think this situation between Inner Circle was going to implode next week when... They have this three-way elimination match or whatever it's going to be between Jericho, MJF, Hager, and Guevara, and the um, Santana Ortiz. And, and I see they're probably going to break up. I, I don't know. I mean, I can't see MJF running that. I can't see it. It's either that or I don't know. Warlow was, looked like they're doing a story where he was going to leave MJF. They slowed that down. So there's a lot of questions, which is interesting, though, because now you really want to see what's going to happen now with the inner circle, you know. So that's something to look forward to. The next match is another situation. Well, actually, before I go to the next match, Dark Order uh, still asking Hangman Page if he's going to join them. Uh, Right now at this moment, because of that group, you really don't have a top-name wrestler in there. That could be like the leader of the uh, Dark Order. You know, Brody Lee, nobody could replace him. But Hangman Page could be the guy who now could say, yeah, I'm going to lead this group. You know, he could be the leader and whatnot. And, you know, because Cole Cabana can do it. Cole Cabana is a, really like a gimmick type wrestler. Even Uno already, because of his his uh, performance in BTE, can be taken seriously as the leader. Even though he was the leader before Brody Lee took over as the exalted one. Um, but I can see I can see Adam Page joining them, but then I can also see Adam Page um pretty much uh you know you know saying no I don't want to join them. Because they've been trying to get him before Brody Lee passed away and he I saw him feuding with Brody Lee. But again as we, we remember as we know it that Brody Lee passed away so now that leave the group without a leader. So they may change the whole storyline now. So, who knows? The next match was Kenny Omega versus the Good Brothers versus Danny Nightlight and Varsity Blondes. I got a lot of feedback about this. First of all, the fact that one gentleman who's been a host in my podcast, Danny Limelight, every single week, I talk about this guy. Now, I said it before the year was over, and I say it, I'm going to say it now again. This guy is making waves. He's doing things in 2020. He was doing things in 2020, continuing on 2021. He had a great match against Ray Phoenix. He had a big match against Clark Connors and Liar Breaks King Crown. Um, he had um, 
a great match against Bullet Club member Chase Owens. And then last night he was in the ring with Kenny Omega. I mean, the man has been in the ring with all these great talent. And you can't tell me that AEW is not seeing what he's bringing to the table. I love what he does in that ring. Whether he wins or loses, it's the talent, this, the, the skills. The, I mean, the guy does a, a beautiful uh, he jump on the ropes and grabs in her Karana. He has, he has everything. And I'm not just saying it just to, you know, just because I had him in my show. But this guy, I've been saying this since September, since I first saw him in New Japan Strong. And here he was, going in the ring, teaming up. <coughs> I forgot the guy's name, but he was in the ring with Rocky Romero. Rocky Romero wanted to put him under his wing. And, and of course, we know the story. He, he turned on Rocky Romero. They had a great couple of tag team matches, single matches. But... You were in the ring with the best wrestler in the world, Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion. Can't get better than this. So Danny Lyman ended up teaming up with Varsity Blondes against the Good Brothers. Now, this was supposed to be the Young Bucks with Kenny Omega. Now, in the back, you saw Don Callis telling the Young Bucks, oh, you you, you know, you don't have to come on with Kenny Omega. You have your own entrance. Blah, blah. So I'm thinking, I'm watching this, and I'm saying, okay. They're going to come out differently. Omega comes out, comes out with his entrance, whatever. So when it was time for the Young Bucks to come out, the Good Brothers showed up out of nowhere through the through the crowd. Or oh, a little bit of crowd they got out there. And it goes to show me that um, the Young Bucks are getting set up. They put it that way. They're going to get set up and where they're going to have to wrestle um, the Good Brothers in a tag team match, okay, in a tag team match, probably in a beach break or revolution, it'll be a, a AEW world champion against the Impact world champion. I still say there's other wrestlers from Impact that may be showing up. But this situation right here is uh, something to talk about. Because the situation calls for it, you know. Are they really buddy up? You know, are they a group? I mean, they came out last night, you know, to help out on all the craziness that happened after the match. Uh, again, Danny Limelight, he went one-on-one with Kenny Omega. You know, this is, to me, again, this is a great sign that he may get signed permanently by AEW. Kenny and the Good Brothers, they took over most of the match. Um, they they pretty with... Uh, Taking advantage of Danny Limelight. This was like a domination by them. Um, the Varsity Blondes did their moves, did their stuff. But this was old Kenny Omega, good brother. After the match was over, the uh, Moxley came out through the crowd. Comes out. He goes after good brothers and Kenny. And he kind of gets overwhelmed on a three-on-one. Out of nowhere, Ray Phoenix and Penta comes out to help Moxley. A brawl breaks out. I don't know where the Young Bucks come out to stop everybody from fighting. And they get super kicked for their troubles. So now my thing is, why did the Young Bucks come out after this and try to be Peacemaker when you already joined? Uh, first of all, guys that are not working for uh, AEW, the Outsiders, and they're the Impact World Tag Team Champions, and Kenny Omega is a heel. And they probably still be friends, whatever, but 
now it pretty much what happened was that the Lucha Bros is challenged by them super kicking the, the Young Bucks. Yeah, they pretty much challenged the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team titles. They're letting them know, look, we want a title shot. And this is going to be great because these two tag teams, they had a great match back in Double or Nothing for the AAA Tag Team titles. They had another one in All Out. It was uh, the Escalera de la Muerte, which um, I believe about... I think the the Lucha Bros want that match. Is is and that's when um, Santana Ortiz popped out on All Out. So this, their matches is gonna be great, and it, I love what AEW does because they they're gonna give you the matches, but they're not gonna give it to you every other week where you get bored. So for that part, I I, I congratulate them because now is now the other way around where the Lucha Bros are the contenders, not the champions. The Young Bucks are the champions. You know, it goes back and forth. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I think um, what Lucha Bros did last night is super kick. And, you know, they, they, you know, and what I understand is why the Young Bucks came out. They got this. They were supposed to come out with Kenny as the elite. And he called the good brother. So this is going to be something that's going to lead to other bigger things. And I see maybe if it's not beach break. They're gonna face each other in revolution. This is gonna be crazy. What's gonna happen? And it's, you know that this um, this Saturday, the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega are teaming up to go against uh, Rich Swan, the Impact World Champion, and the Motor City Machine Gun. So there's a lot of things going on right now. So I mean, it's it's you know it's something to look forward to guys because nah this is just the beginning kenny omega is stirring the pot and it's it's like it's and don Callis is what he called the invisible hand and that invisible hand is stirring the pot which is going to create some kind of big time hostility other people are going to get involved you may have other promoters coming in what about nick aldis versus kenny omega NWA World Champion because the AEW World Champion. That's something that has not come through my head. And it can happen. It can happen this year. There's a lot of things that can happen. I mean, it'll be crazy if Omega wins the NWA belt, has the AEW belt, and the Mega Champion in AAA. So, you know, you, you can't ask for anything better than that than great wrestling. You know what I'm saying? I, think, I, I still think this whole thing with the Young Bucks, Again, last week, you could tell by Matt's face, he was very hesitant to do the two-sweet. And they're getting a lot of slack about that from Bullet Club Tamatanga in Japan, which I'll talk about it later. And, I mean, he's not happy about that. But they call themselves the Bullet Club uh, in Impact a couple of weeks ago, or the ending of December or the middle of December, when they call themselves the Bullet Club Reunion. And that is not sitting well with Tamatanga in Japan. And, and this this... You know, and it's well known that Tamatanga does not like Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks for what happened a couple of years ago when they tried to split the Bullet Club. And he has not forgotten. He has not forgotten. So uh, this is going to be very interesting in the coming weeks. So we'll be right back after this. Today's episode of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report is brought to you by the NBA Store. A new year brings the start of a new NBA season. Suit up with the latest gears to show your support for your team. We may be sidelined from going to the arena, 
but that doesn't mean you can't watch basketball from your couch in style. We are teaming up with the NBA and Potgo to bring our listener up to 75% off on select items. Yes, you heard that right. Go to potgo.co slash NBA for up to 75% off selected items from the NBA store. The NBA, where amazing happens. And we're back, guys. Um, The next segment was called The Waiting Room. This is a segment that um, Britt Baker does with Reva on AEW Dark. And I was praying to God that they would not put this on AEW Dynamite. And this was a cringe. And when I mean cringe, cringe. It's like they're trying to follow what WWE is doing with the Miz TV, the uh, Alexa Bliss, the Moment of Bliss. The AEW does not need this. Why are you putting Britt Baker in this waiting room? It was when the minute I started watching it, I, I cringed because it was like, oh, I don't like it watching an AEW dark, even though there's some little stuff that interested at the end of that little segment. But Britt Baker, it's not funny. She's not funny. And they're trying to be funny, but she's not funny. Um, and then Reba with the, <laughs> come on, you're making yourself foolish. It's, it's not cool. I, I don't know. This. You should have put in that segment. Should have put a woman's side, a woman's match. That's what they should have done. Instead of putting this, why? You know what I'm saying? Now I understood they were promoting two things in there. I mean, they could have done this in the ring. They could have done done something like that in the ring. And instead of putting it in a in a with the with the uh, sets and all that, for what? For what? Um, they could have done that that way. The one thing I could say was the fact that they invited Cody Rose. Um, and you could tell Cody Rose did not feel comfortable what was going on. Because they came out, they tried to do pyros. They, they used those little sparkling things and they almost burned their hand. I don't know, way they threw it. You could tell that Cody was like, what are you doing? And then out of nowhere, Britt Baker claims that she has another guest. And this guest was Jada Carhill. Now. Jada Carhill has been coming, like, they are pushing her like crazy. This woman is an Amazon. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. She's beautiful. She got she got a great body. I mean, she is, she reminds me of China. The way she, uh, went, but I'm talking about China when she was with Eddie Guerrero, not China when she first came with uh, DX, when she was a little built, more muscular. But this girl looks fit to the bone. I mean, she kept talking about, um, Brandy, that she's lucky that she's pregnant and that she um, she's going to take over the division and blah, blah, blah. She mushed Cody. And once she mushed Cody, you have Rev Velvet come out. Rev Velvet is like a female wrestler who's about maybe 5'1", five 5'2". Carhill over, I mean, she stood over her like a giant. It, it didn't make sense. And when these two started going at it, the whole locker room came out. She's still towering over all the female wrestlers in AEW. I don't know if she was wearing high heels. Uh, Maybe she was, but she looked like a giant. And then right after that, 
they started promoting the Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Now, a lot of you guys probably wonder what happened with the Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa match. As you well know, Thunder Rosa was sent home because she was exposed around someone who had COVID-19. So that match was canceled, and now they're going to put it for a beach break. Um, and which this is a match I cannot wait. I cannot wait to Thunder Rosa whoop Britt Baker's butt. Um, and you're gonna see the difference between Britt Baker, uh, and again, Britt Baker needs a lot of work with her wrestling skills because I remember she's doing a super kick to the Russian chick, and that was the worst super kick I ever seen in my life. It was no contact, no, no, it's like it was horrible. It was horrible. So, again, Velvet Sky being uh, Red Velvet, whatever her name is. Red Velvet. I said Velvet Sky. Forgive me. Red Velvet comes out and defend Brandy. And I know Brandy has been pushing her a lot. She's one of her. I think Brandy is her manager. I think she's part of the Nightmare family. But, come on, you're not going to win against Jada Carhill when Jada Carhill gets to wrestle. And Jada Carhill already said, I want to know who my opponents are. I want to. She's ready to wrestle. She's ready to wrestle. And the girl is fit to the max. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but she over... I mean, the girl towers over everyone in that locker room, the women's locker room. You know what I'm saying? Again, this whole thing with the waiting room, I think they should have not done that. Instead, you could have put a match with Jade Carhill against Red Velvet and whatnot, and you that would have been that segment, but they didn't do it and whatnot. So... The next match was Jurassic Express versus FTR, but the Jurassic Express team was not with Luchasaurus. It was that Marcus Dunn. Marcus Dunn in the match, uh, it was not a good, it was not a good move for them because you know uh, they were gonna beat his butt up. And Marco uh, had a really rough start in the beginning of the match as FTR took over most of the match. Uh, Jurassic came back, did a comeback, but then FTR took Marco and hung them to dry in the top row. I'm talking about they flew him up almost seven feet in there. He landed uh, abdomen first in the uh, top rope, and then they just decided to beat him. Started beating him all over the place. And Marco got to give him, uh, I got to give him the, his credit because he fights back. He will get beat up, but for a small guy, he takes a bit a beating and he. You know, does his thing. Jungle Boy, of course, you know what Jungle Boy brings to the table. Jungle Boy, uh, when he took control of uh, part of the match, he was doing some form offense. He doing a lot of over-the-top rope joints, uh, flips. Um, Jungle Boy, again, I say he should, he should be a singles wrestler. Same thing with Luchasaurus. But then again, if you do that, well, where do you leave Marco Stunt? Um, I mean, it's not like this Jungle Boy and... Luchasaurus ever, ever going to win the tag team belt. I don't see them winning it. I, I doubt it. They're just gimmick wrestlers, you know. So, I could be wrong. But at the end, um, Tully runs Marco to the post, to the ring post outside. He They take out Jungle Boy, and then they hit the big rig on Marco for the win. FTR is a team to be able to watch. They got to watch them because these guys are not done. They want those belts back. And... Um, do I see them getting those belts back by this year? Maybe, and I don't think they're going to face the Young Bucks any, anytime soon. So, who knows? Who knows? But FTR, you know, th- this is a team that they should start building. They don't need to start building. They are the, they are the best tag team in there. They're the number one tag team in the world. 
right now. Their match against uh, the Young Bucks was match of the year. That's that's what according to Pro Wrestling Illustrated. That's what they um they said that they had the match of the year. Unbelievable. So the NWA women's title match. The champion Serena D versus Tanya Conti. This was a great match between two women. Um, so I didn't know Serena Deeb trained Tanya early in her career when she was coming into the wrestling business. But Tanya, uh, Tanya Conti used most of her MMA background and took control of the match with strikes, with kicks on Serena Deeb. She had Serena Deeb in trouble in a couple of times in the match. Serena Deeb, of course, you know, did what she had. She counted a lot of her moves. Uh, at one point, uh, she caught um, – she, uh, it was incredible. I never seen anybody do this, but I saw her do the the gory special on Tanya Connie while Tanya Connie was in the top turnbuckle sitting down, and she just started. She did a gory special where she had a trap on the ropes, you know. And I mean, Tanya gave her a, a run for her money, but it was too much. It wasn't enough to beat Serena Deeb. That Serena Deeb hit the toxicator. And beat Tanya Connie. At one point, I thought that Anna J, she was grabbing her, grabbing her, was going to go in the ring and and, and um, betray Tanya Conti. I see that happening. I don't see them having two women in the dark order. Anna J is one female wrestler that I feel that she's going places and she's going to do what she has to do. She is great at what she does. So it's going to be incredible. Seeing her um, grow, same thing with Sonya Connie. Again, the women's division should be um, pushing more. Again, that waiting room was a waste of time. And if you're going to push a women's match, you should have had it in the ring. Maybe had a match between Jada Carhill versus uh, Red Velvet, and they would have had another women's match. They only have one women's match every week. They should have at least two. And you know what I'm saying? Some people don't need to be. Uh, in the shown every week in in Dynamite. So uh, the next match was the TNT Championship match. This was uh, what I was waiting for. This has been for weeks. Darby Allen, the TNT champion. I like the belt the way it looks now. Is with that black leather strap, it makes it look nice. It look, the plates look beautiful on it. Against the the FTW. Brian Cage, the FTW World Champion, even though it's not recognized at AEW, which to me again, I keep saying it, why bring it out if it's not going to get recognized? Uh, and the feedback on this was that Darby started attacking Brian Cage and taking him to the outside, which it was good because at the same time, he uh, was doing what he does best, and that was doing two pieces with Sita. At one point, he grabbed Brian Cage and started slamming his head against the, the, the railing, but... Uh, Darby Allen overdid it. He tried to do the same thing, got caught, and Brian Cage, who had over 100 pounds over him in this match, suplexed him outside and whatnot. So he got he got caught. Um, and then Brian decided then to gorilla press him and threw him to a table outside. And you saw the, the metal part of the table hit Darby in the head, caught him in the head and whatnot, and busted him open. So... Um, so Darby was bleeding in that point. Um, then just Brian just took control. He just beating the crap out of Darby Allen throughout the whole match. I'm talking about he was kicking, you know, and, and 
Let me tell you something. He was kicking his butt, but Darby would get out on the one count. At one point, he was flipping Brian Cage off twice. He flipped him off, gave him the bird twice in this match and whatnot. And then um, he, here's the crazy part, and this is how I know Darby Allen is just a nut. And I like that Relentless, and I love it because that's, you know, that's his theme, Relentless. He got powerbombed on the stage area. When the, when the guys entered the ring, he po- got powerbombed. Brian Cage grabs him from inside the ring, grabs him, and power bombs him outside through the stage area, which it was, and he still got up and flipped Brian Cage. This guy was nuts. Um, Darby then, he dropped his cage on the hard metal sets. He hits him with a coffin drop because Brian Cage was planning to suplex or either suplex or power bomb Darby on the metal steps, which he moved them from the from the side of the stage to the middle of the outside, and he got caught. And when he was outside trying to bring him in, uh, Darby drop kicked him, and he fell on the metal sets. And then Darby went and did the coffin drop from up there, and caught Brian Cage. And then when Rick, uh, Ricky Star interfered, when Darby Allen decided that he was going to do the coffin drop, and he interfered, and out of nowhere the lights went out again, and finally. Finally, Sting comes out and does what he does. A baseball bat on the throat to Ricky Stark. Hits him in the middle of his stomach with the bat. And then next thing you know, um, the uh, cage had um, cage had Darby in, by the second rope. Ready to throw him back like a Samoan drop. And Darby went, ended up, did a crucified pin and pinned um, cage. Um I knew Cage was not uh, was not going to win that belt, and the reason I say that because it just gave the belt to Darby Allen. That's not the darling of the TNT um, division, so which is good. But again, how far can Sting go? Because now it looked like they didn't have. First of all, when Team Taz was out there, they did, did not have um, uh, what's his name, Will Hobbs out there. They did not have him out there at all. So it was just like, okay, you don't have him out there. Uh, so it was kind of weird not having him out there. And he came out afterwards to help uh, Stark because Stark got hit with the bat. Um, but so far, this 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 AEW New Year's Smash 2 was not bad. It wasn't that great either. Um, but it's all, again, setting up for Beach Break for February. I think it's February 3rd. I could be wrong. Um, but... It's, it's, it's a setup. It's a setup for the next big show they're going to have on TV. Um, the interesting part, again, the Good Brothers part uh, with the, the Young Bucks, which I definitely want to look at BTE next Monday to see what that goes with. And, I mean, you got little good stories. Again, what, was, what they're trying to do here. The inner circle thing right now is the thing that I'm very interested in. So, so far, three things that I can say that are interesting for, from AEW Dynamite last night. One, the um, the Good Brothers coming to team up with, with Kenny Omega instead of the Young Bucks. The inner circle just situation, they're going to have the three-way uh, exhibition tag team. That's going to be great. And then... Um, I think that's about it. I mean, is John Moxley going to face Kenny Omega again? That's you know, so two things I see from the AEW Dynamite show. Um, the Pac, well, we're going to see a Pac versus Lance Archer match. That would be great. So those are the three main things we may want to see 
what I got from this show uh, this week. So we'll be right back after this. A new year brings a new beginning for all my listeners that owns a business. I want to tell you about FedEx Office. If you're just starting or have been running your company for generations, FedEx Office gives you the best way to print marketing material, poster, signature, graphics, and so much more. With FedEx creating, editing, saving, and ordering are fast and easy. We are teaming with FedEx and Podgo to bring our listeners 30% off the next order of 100 or more at pot.co FedEx. That's pot dot co slash fedex for 30 percent off of your next order fedex the world on time and we're back guys with some wrestling news and rumors uh, we do every week on the AEW dynamite show uh or review show let's start off with ricochet ricochet could be on his way out of the wwe according to dirt seats out there they saying that there's been a couple of WWE wrestlers who has not signed their contracts. And remember, there was rumors around going on last year that Ricochet was one of those guys who have not signed. He, in return, went on, I believe, on Twitter and said that to not to listen to the lies or anything. But, as you can see, Ricochet has not even been in WWE Raw. He hasn't been in Raw. He hasn't. I think the last time I saw him wrestling, he was fighting... Uh, I think uh, one of the members, T-Bar, in the uh, in a match about retribution, and after that he hasn't been used. So he probably hasn't he probably hasn't signed a contract. I'm sure for a fact that's and WWE is known for that. When a wrestler doesn't sh- sign a contract, what they do they send them home. They did it to FDR. They did it to FDR. They did it to Brody Lee. They send them home. So if Ricochet ends up leaving WWE, eh. I'm, I'll be happy with that. He could he could come to AEW, or he could go to Ring of Honor. He could go to Japan. He's better off in those places. Why being WWE does not appreciate his skills and his written ethics. And you know, at first, you know, like I'm a big fan of his work, but if they're not using him, but then you try to defend the company that the same company that is not using you and is treating you like crap, then that makes you look foolish because you're protecting a company that's not using you to your best potential to your ability which makes no sense the situation on monday night raw where keith lee broke the top row on raw revealed and it was because they were trying to go on commercial breaks so they decided to have keith lee throw john morrison so hard to the corner buckle that the corner buckle fell off i get what you couldn't figure out a way to go to commercials so you had to do this over exaggerated stuff with keith lee um and Keith Lee teaming up with, with um, Sheamus, seems like that's going to be a team now because they did very well. Again, Morrison and Miz, Miz again, in a losing effort, and he's still walking around with that money in the bank. Does that make any sense? And Morrison, they've been treating like Morrison like shit. Morrison has not. Uh, Morrison could be a better wrestler by being by himself. Morrison showed you what he has in WrestleMania this, last year. Um, excuse me, I'm drinking my tea when I say that. But, you know, he could be a good wrestler on his own. Why have him team up with Miz? Why? Miz is a loser, you know? 
And I don't mean loser as like he can't wrestle, but they, they I mean they lost again. They lost again. And then the fact that after the match you have then Keith Lee versus Sheamus, which was a not a bad match. Two big guys going at it, you know, power versus power, which was good. I mean, I saw Monday Night Raw this weekend, I was like, okay. But they they overproduce it. Like you just had Keith Lee team up with Sheamus and all of a sudden now you have them going at each other. And then Keith Lee beats Sheamus, and then they're hugging each other now. Okay, well, Bruce Pritchard with his uh, stories. Horrible. Horrible. That's all I got to say. Eric Young comments on Impact and AEW's partnership. And this, um, he said he is glad that that partnership is happening. Um, he looking forward to wrestling other guys in Dynamite, hopefully. He said he was looking forward to go at it with Brody Lee. Um, because they did have, I think they probably had encounters with them in the past. Uh, and now, of course, that's not going to happen. But he's happy with what's going on with Impact and Dynamite um, or AEW. I mean, it's, it's listen, everybody wins in this. I'm going to say it. You know, the fact that Eric Young is still there. The fact that you got Sammy Callahan. I keep saying Sammy Callahan is going to show up. Somewhere, somehow, he's showing up at AEW. Somewhere or the other. You know, and you can have AEW wrestlers show up at uh, Impact. You got you can have a Brian Pillman show up at uh, Impact. Griff Garrison, those young guys who you trying to put, you could put them right there. Have them wrestle all those guys at Impact. It would be a great idea. Why not? I don't I don't see nothing wrong with it. You know, so that's uh, something that we could be looking forward to. Going back to WWE, Matt Riddle might now have signed his new WWE contract. Again, he lost again this week to Bobby Lashley. Last week he lost to Bobby Lashley, but the referee didn't see him tap. So, um, I don't know what's the vision with Matt Riddle, or Riddle like they call him in WWE, but if they have him losing matches and he making him look like a fool, because that's what they're doing. Well, he was walking around a couple of weeks ago with bro donuts, all that stuff. I got to show you when WWE's doing stuff like this to guys like him, one, he's getting punished because of that lawsuit. WWE is getting a lawsuit from the girl who supposedly claimed that Riddle sexually assaulted her. She's suing him and suing the company, WWE. So... With that being said, now WWE figures, well, if we're in this lawsuit, well, you're going to get punished. And he's getting punished. He's been getting punished since his nonsense with Bill Goldberg, his nonsense with Brock Lesnar. Now this, uh, do you think a guy who's getting, who's not getting used to his best ability, uh, you think he's going to sign a contract? It's crazy. Like, you just like, okay. This don't make no sense. It doesn't make no sense. Why would you stay there if they're not using you to your ability? Matt Riddle's not a bad wrestler. I just don't like his attitude. I think his attitude is just annoying. You know, he had great matches with Sheamus. Two great matches with Sheamus. Um, he had a great match. Um, and we, we, you know, it's funny because he ended up wrestling Lashley this week. He loses to Lashley. Then he gets into an MVP. And I believe MVP beat him. I think MVP beat him. I'm not, I don't remember, but he, he gets trash. I mean, Lashley just beat his ass up. 
he didn't really get offense on Lashley. Lashley just put him in the uh, Lashley lock, whatever he calls it, and he just beat him like nothing. Lashley, he got beat quick. He, I think he lasted, the match lasted like four minutes, probably. He got beat quick. You know, it's just, it's crazy. And speaking about contract, Roosh, the Ring of Honor world champion. WWE went after him because he he's now he was a free agent for Ring of Honor uh, after his contract with Ring of Honor ended. Well, WWE passed him because he was asking for a big price. And as you know, WWE is not giving those big contracts anymore. They're not because you know because of COVID, they're not making that much money. You know, the party they gave up of of trying to get every wrestler that they can, or they or we could put it this way: they try to sucker. Um, Rouge and thought Rouge was going to go for it and they figured Rouge was like uh uh-uh, uh I'm worth more than that and according to um, Russell Talk he was represented by Triple A Triple A Mexico yes that, that promotion he was represented by them and he was like nah we're not doing this we are not doing this I am not going to sign for less money so WWE said mm, well we're not going to sign you then Hey, that's that's better for 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 Ring of Honor because it's word that he already probably resigned with Ring of Honor. Why not stay in Ring of Honor? Then when two more years, you end up going to if you want, you could end up going to AEW, and who knows? From here to two years, all the promotions are all together, and they could just use each other's um each each use each other's talent. That could happen. I mean, I've I seen it happen. So you know, I won't put it past them. So. And last but not least, the Tamatanga, who said that in AEW to AEW Dynamites, Kenny Omega and the Big Brother, you are not Bullet Club. Tamatanga has been pissed at what happened last week with the situation of Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and the Good Brothers teaming up together. For that night in Dynamite, getting together in Dynamite and throwing it up to two sweet and whatnot. And that really pissed off Tamatanka. Tamatanka said betrayal. And they even used that. They even used that on this week's BTE when they said, uh, uh, is this another betrayal? And Gallo said, oh, you're talking about Tamatanka's tweet? And I guess that didn't go well with Tamatanka at all. So, um, so he was not too happy about this. He was not happy at all. And he, uh, I'm trying to look, see if I find it here. But he said it, he said it himself, you're not Bullet Club. They're not Bullet Club. So why would you even think of calling yourself Bullet Club? So he said that he feels like they, um, he feels that they, uh, that he feel betrayed. Because he said that when these guys, when Kenny Omega was part of Bullet Club, he was trying to he tried to break up the the the, the faction into two, where and which he did. He went and um, made the elite, and then the elite became Bullet Club elite, where with all these guys, um, getting together, and you know, and they started a civil war, and then Tamatanga just got tired of it because if you think about it, if you look back at 2017, 2018, um. And um, and and see when the elite got became popular, um, you know they pretty much 
you know, it was all about the elite. The the Tongans were left behind. You know, they were left behind, and they didn't like they didn't like the fact that you know they 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 getting cut off of, um, of the merchandise that they were trying they were trying to get all that stuff, um, and you know, you know it, it's crazy. Right now, I'm seeing here uh, impact. Details of potential impact New Japan working relationship. Wow, I didn't even see it. This was, what, 13 hours ago? A decade ago, the working relationship between TNA and New Japan probably was the largest in the wrestling world. New Japan will send young stars to TNA and learn the American style, but this only lasted so long. Eventually, New Japan got tired of the poor treatment of talent like Kosuke Okada, and the relationship was dropped. It has been a difficult for New Japan to bury Hatchet, and it has been reported several times that they were still holding grudges against Impact, Despite none of the people in charge of money still working there. Now it appears that they self-understand. And Fightful Select has reported how Impact star Chris Bay was invited to take part in the New Japan Super Cup tournament. Which is true, which I saw. As Bay told him, he was pissed the idea of being included, but didn't think he would be able to. That was before he found out that Scott DeMond New Japan had already worked it out. This would lead one to believe that the two sides are much open to working each other than they once were. Impact executive Don Cal has significant history with New Japan and has wanted the two promotions to work together for a long time. Uh, I agree. I really agree that they should work together. You know what I'm saying? Um, they should work together. And, you know, again, that helps more to toward um, Impact because then they have, they have um, their wrestlers could be you know um you know they could be exposed into like the best of super juniors and stuff like that so we'll see guys um right now guys that that is it for now um we will be back on sunday with more um behind the curtain podcast uh again guys check out my social media instagram uh twitter Facebook, the Chokesland Wrestling Report. Also check out my website with the merchandise, uh, tcwr.veryinkpressive.com. Again, that's tcwr.veryinkpressive.com.